Did you guys see Don't Worry Darling? I have not. You Alex has, not. though. Yeah, oh, you Alex did. Has. Okay. What did you I, think was... I really, I really liked it. Yeah, okay. Uh, didn't make sense. I, I thought it was okay. Like, it was fairly well made. Um, I mean, Florence Pugh. Holes, but I liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah, not, not a lot explained. And if... Um, you know, we just proceeded on the information we were given. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense how the whole uh, regime of uh, weird simulation thing that could could be maintained. So yeah, uh, perhaps I there's. This came out on HBO, didn't it? Ah, I was about to ask. Is, is, is it, it on HBO? Anywhere? I saw I'm it in looking. theaters. I saw it. I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to go see it a second time, but yeah, I think it's on HBO now. I think it like just came out today or yet yeah, like I don't know so recently. It was available on the seventh on HBO Max. Oh, so go. yeah, just a couple days ago. It's like one of the yeah. few. Yeah, yeah. That's where I am currently, I'm like three days behind them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've lost some time. <laughs> no, I wanted to watch it, but I was like, I didn't know if it was streaming anywhere, so I was like, oh, I'll watch it when it pops up on something. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised it went to streaming that quick, but I guess that's the way of the world now. I'm fine with that. It's. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of probably sucks for the people who make the movies, but I like not leaving my house. So uh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was the entire year Warner Brothers released their entire theatrical catalog simultaneously with the, uh, you know, HBL Max release. So was that yeah that was as recent as gosh they didn't do that a year ago did they i mean they stopped doing that altogether, but it's it's still a very short turnaround till we get them showing up on yeah. streaming to the yeah oh well uh i i went and paid i think we have a pretty cheap like tuesday five and a half dollar screenings here at the local theaters so i think i did that but yeah the the sci-fi element of the film left some to be desired i wish i that could have been explored a little deeper, especially from you know one of the heroines of Tron. <laughs> she should uh, she she knows a thing or two about simulation. Uh, Olivia Wilde, I would think. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll be getting uh, enough of a taste of the metaverse in uh, due time, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, and then we do need to talk about Tron Legacy too. Uh, who who was here for the Tron? Me and Jody did that. One. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, that was Alex's favorite movie ever. Uh, Bridget, <laughs> you you got to know your Tron a little bit, right? You, um, I mean, Disney I don't fan. Know. I want to say I watched like bits and parts of like the newer one, hmm. um, but like the older one I saw like a long time ago. So mm -hmm. I didn't rewatch it because I wasn't gonna be here. So I didn't rewatch That's right. it. <laughs> That's yeah, totally fine. Uh, yeah, 40 years since then. Well, we're talking about like a new, um, pretty interesting animated visual spectacle today. So excited for that. Um, and yeah, just wanted to welcome one, welcome all to the Dream Fair. That is the Thoughtcast conversations about animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke. And uh, today I'm joined by Alex D. How are you doing, Alex? I'm I'm doing as best as I looking can, comfy. <laughs> yeah, you look like you're ready for winter. Frankly, uh, uh, I'm just being cozy. Yeah, severe winter storm uh, in on the 
uh, flashing up on my newsfeed right now here in northern Minnesota. Uh, and, and also joined by Bridget. How are you doing, Bridget? Good. Yeah, you said you guys are having a winter storm. We're actually having a tropical storm. That's uh, Georgia <laughs> problems for you. <laughs> Jealous. Yeah, uh, both of you coming in from Georgia. Uh, yeah, I mean, I often wish I were in a place more along those lines, but I don't know. Minnesota have, does have its advantages as well. You know, uh, every place is, has its pluses and minuses. I don't know how y'all are feeling about like the latest, you know, social. We'll be getting into some like social commentary in this episode, considering mm-hmm. the subject matter. <laughs> we just had an election. I don't know, not a lot of anything too revelatory, I don't think, coming out of this. I'm not going to dwell on anything that's happened as far as... We're having a rough time down here. Yeah, we're having a runoff, Yeah, which is wild to me. Wendell and wild, okay? I'm Uh, not, yeah. (laughs) Start the ticker, uh, get your uh, Jägermeister at the ready, take a shot, you know. Um, (laughs) I don't know why you know if there's a particular kind of alcohol that suits this episode especially there i mean as far as well okay there's a brewery so i mean if you mm-hmm. want to play it safe just have a shot of beer handy will be uh i'm getting the jägermeister okay <laughs> give me a white claw um yeah so that that's interesting uh from from the jump you got kind of the premise and uh, inciting um events of the film set around a, a brewery of all things so we're talking about the latest stop motion animated film from Henry Selick and Netflix produced by uh Jordan Peele's production company Monkey Paw um, and Key and Peel, I, I don't know if they're both in association with that production company, possibly, because um, I'm familiar with it from Jordan Peele's other directorial films, Get Out, Us, and uh, Nope. I think it was also okay. responsible for um, the production of the, the film Candyman, came out a couple of years ago as well. That was a monkey paw joint, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, uh, Key and Peel, of course, major comedic actors who are in this film. Ducky and Bunny, they're the titular characters, but Ducky and Bunny from Toy Story 4. <laughs> we had a brief discussion <laughs> about Toy Story 4 last episode. That was sort of just like a, a meandering chat amongst the three of us. That was very fun. Uh, thawed chat. Stay tuned for more Thawed chats in the future, I hope. Yeah, um, that was fun. Yeah, good, good time. We're, we're really good at rambling, so it yeah. works out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... Wendell and Wild, it's it's stop motion animated. It's very, you know, obviously that classic style that you get from the the old Rankin Bass Christmas specials and the Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, kind of got the the armature puppets. Um, you know, they uh, claymation maybe is appropriate to use because it even looked like they did use like molded clay figures yeah. for some of the. That's it. It looks mm-hmm. like it. That it did give like claymation vibes, but it was also like very textured. Like mm-hmm. yeah, like Coraline. It yeah. reminded like Coraline esque detailing. Yeah, the previous Henry. Well, I think that was Henry Selick's yeah, previous film. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. He had another movie he was trying to develop. Um, do you remember what that one was called? The the dark. Um, Isn't it like the Shadow Man? Or the, the Shadow King. Uh, maybe. Yeah, the Shadow I did King. Read about it. 
And that was in development over at Disney. I think they were actually trying to make it might have been the same like facility in Portland where they were creating it because all this stuff, the stop motion Leica style animation kind of gets done in one place where they have kind of the facility for it already, you know, in place. But yeah, the that that classic kind of jittery, very almost gothic, you know, creepy uh, horror style. I mean, we're just coming off of Halloween, but uh, I'm glad we're talking about this because it just came out. So it's very fresh. Um, yeah, Netflix is a PG-13 animated film. We we don't get a lot of PG-13 animated films. It's kind of a rare treat. And like I was saying, we uh, you know immediately had the uh, plot development set around the the you know idea of a brewery which isn't something that you'd probably see in like a disney you know clean cut you know family film it, they usually would you know the the family business would probably be something a little more you know conventional yeah uh, like a little store a little store or something <laughs> yeah you know what Bakery. it did do though What's that? it stayed with disney well like i mean obviously like the disney type trope where like the parents die Oh, absolutely. Disney loves that. They're like, ah, oh, you want to be an orphan? <laughs> there are certain stereotypes this movie did not even attempt to transcend, which is fine. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a perfectly uh, serviceable, you know, animated film. And, and I had a lot of fun watching it. It's uh, I definitely recommend it. But uh, yeah, what, um, who wants to kind of dive first into like some of their thoughts on Wendell and Wilde? Um, oh, oh, no, go ahead. No, you go okay. first. I'm <laughs> sneezing fit anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, when I started watching this movie, I did not, like, I obviously I expected like, you know, kind of like creepy, creepy, uh, like slow motion and not slow motion, but stop motion mm-hmm. um, movie kind of like Coraline. Cause I was, I love Coraline. So when I saw that Henry Selleck was doing it, in combination with Jordan Peele, I was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. going to be great because I like them both. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, so I, I expected like, okay, demons, maybe like she's a witch, who knows? Um, but I didn't expect like the themes that were like a big part of it, like obviously like overcoming trauma, especially like childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very interesting thing that I did not expect. And then also like, there's very much uh, like a message about being like anti-capitalistic. Um, which I love. I love an anti-capitalism message. Uh, so, um, but yeah, just like the way that they like portrayed the villains, it's like they know like they're actual villains, which I also enjoy. I'm like sometimes like you don't have to like every villain. They don't need a redemption. They don't need to be understandable. They can just be evil, and I like that about this movie. They're like they're just bad people. That, that's that's it. They're just bad. And so, yeah, I thought it was very interesting about how they like basically kick them kick them out of the town and they get arrested at the end spoilers um but yeah i was just like oh yeah like okay it's like saving saving the small town from the big capitalistic companies and also like just reuniting with your family and like forgiving yourself for things that you didn't do as a child yeah so it was a good message i really liked the movie clearly so (laughs) yeah I i liked it i liked it too i liked it a lot i feel like I feel like some of it was like a little bit like all over the place. Like I didn't feel like there was one clear, like, like obviously there was like clear messages in it, but I didn't feel like there was like one clear, like 
plot, I guess. Um, I don't know how to mm-hmm. explain what I mean, but it just felt yeah. like it was like a lot of like, like a couple things, different things happening instead of like one actual like focused storyline kind of like I wasn't really sure like what our main idea was supposed mm. to be here because like I was getting the same things it's about you know family and you know inner demons and coming to terms with you know these things and and capitalism you know I got I got all that from it as well but I didn't know like were we supposed to do all of them like or was it just like one more important than the mm-hmm. other um I liked mm-hmm. the music in it a lot which I'm sure will that's that was a mm. that was an important p- part of the movie so I'm sure we'll get to that I'm sure mm-hmm. Philip, you probably have a lot to say about that no yeah. well i mean i there there are a few songs that are, yeah but it was, it was a cool like punk rock sort of yeah. classic rock soundtrack yeah i i definitely like the music but uh i i can't say i know a lot about oh, i didn't know if you like looked into yeah uh, like you know i'm not the kind of person who can uh just rattle off a whole bunch of trivia about you the usually, various you usually have like your little oh like your music the soundtrack for this is because of this like i didn't know if there was like rhyme or reason yeah. that you well, yeah all all the pop group or the they're like punk rock groups basically that are mainly featured here and i think they all have uh african-american uh, members of the band at least one member who is so black see, there you go you do know something yeah <laughs> that's something i read hiding in there um the you know famous song hot chocolate the uh, sexy thing uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I love that yeah, song the, the ending song was interesting did you listen to the song in the credits is that the um the original song that they did for this raising the dead <gasps> I don't know. Let me let me look at that. Um, which there, I mean, there, it is PG thirteen, but I was like, "Ooh, these are interesting lyrics." Because <laughs> there is a new song that made for Wendell and Wild that like has references to you know what's going on in the movie within oh, the that, song. That's when they are like. No, that's yeah. Not it takes place. End. It is plays it? during the movie. I thought it also played once during the credits. It might. It might. I'm looking. I figured that that song that you're talking about was made for the movie though because like it had it like had to be there's no other there's no reason that song would have existed before this movie because <laughs> it, it re- re- um you know references the cream <laughs> the magic cream yeah no music by cream but yeah it was, it was good to hear like some familiar uh soundtrack beats in the in this film that it's kind of eclectic you know overall this movie's it's it's a very kind of you could almost say an acquired taste uh for people who just aren't um animation buffs right so like having familiar songs to kind of um ground people within the film you know is perhaps helpful um but i mean the the uh character models i mean they did a good job making appealing looking characters uh they're and they're not quite as um caricatured or exaggerated as a lot of stop motion films, I feel. Um, I know that like that Paranorman from Leica was was pretty like detailed and kind of realistic in how they uh, sculpted those characters. But um, this this was probably pretty similar to that. 
maybe a little a little simpler i think it's kind of like you could see the the seams on the faces where they yeah you know yeah they remove certain it's like these modular faces where you can replace individual pieces you know the mouth the forehead you know things like that and so you can see the little crack where and and that's intentional that you you know they could have like fixed that using you know smoothed it over with uh you know cgi in post but they, they wanted to leave the um, organic looking kind of artifacts of the medium uh to to maintain that authenticity yeah, I wondered about that because I was like, why is there a line down all their faces? But I wondered sense. about that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I just thought it was like a yeah one one thing an artistic choice. I guess yeah, there's a lot of um, like rigging that they use to prop up the characters as they move them throughout the scene, and that gets removed from the background. You know, that gets painted out. But uh, yeah, the things like the the lines on the face, you know, the, from the the puppetry. Uh, they they leave that in, so there's a there's a little bit of trickery involved, uh, but uh, you you don't it's hard to tell. I and mean, it's kind of cool, like some of the effects with the like the ghost characters the in in the uh, netherworld, you know the um, the scream fair sequence uh, are are like these paper cutout characters, um, and they're based on the caricature styling of the artist pablo lobato um, one of described as like one of the more famous caricaturists um i believe he's still alive pablo lobato um at least that's what i have written down here l-o-b-a-t-o yeah yeah very very distinctive uh, very cool uh, and and his designs are like paper cutout designs so he that art looks like what's very similar to what Raul's project was. Yeah, yeah the mom on the building. Uh, that looks that looks very similar to well, I don't know. It looks kind of like that's what I that's what that looks like to me. But wow, what a cool little style. I've never seen mm -hmm. his art before. I never, I didn't realize the scope of that mural that Pablo or that Raul design. Uh, right. The first time I watched it, uh, I I scrubbed through the film the uh, second time and noticed like that it wasn't just one roof. It was, or, it was all <laughs> the roofs. Yeah. yeah, it was the whole freaking yeah, How do you town. do that? How do you do that? I, I guess like nobody lives there anymore, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you. Well, and they, I think that they were doing it at night too. Seems so like, like a lot of paint. Yeah. Lots yeah. Of how did it yeah. withstand all the all the snow and how they, they, how they treated did, it clearly? How did it up so well? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um. Well, anyways, I yeah the. Uh, we we made reference to kind of the antagonists of the film foreshadowed in the beginning with the phone call that uh so the main protagonist is not either Wendell Wendell nor Wild. Um the, they're almost kind of ancillary characters. They're, they're supporting characters and uh sort mm -hmm. of also morally uh not kind of shady characters. Um we are morally ambiguous. Morally ambiguous, <laughs> but but they are demons, so they're almost like, I don't know, are are these guys ever gonna, you know, come out 
uh, on the side of good uh, when things washed out on the i mean who cares for the sake of the story they're they're mainly protagonist characters but uh in especially in contrast to the claxons um who are just these uh yeah very um <laughs> broadly evil characters um uh, but oh they, yeah the, I, the look of the dad yeah. i was like that's not familiar <laughs> <laughs> well they have a child who who is likable so that's interesting mm -hmm. but they themselves i mean they they look like freaky characters from a tim burton movie or something um you know the, uh, the dad's you know obviously a take on you know the the just crazed billionaire type it looks you know cross between uh not not cameron what's uh Boris uh, uh Boris Johnson Johnson and Donald Trump yeah and he, that's he, why I was like also... the hair I was like that looks like Donald Trump <laughs> yeah uh, especially when it came off yeah he's he's also <laughs> black so it's you know yeah. not just like you know it's not coded so specifically where you know all the villains in fact most of the cast here is like racially diverse so that's, yeah, that's also very 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 diverse Every, like with casting and with yeah. um you have you know a transgender student um what else i feel like there was another we have someone who is um physically disabled uh-huh yeah yeah he had yeah. he he was missing legs or his feet manberg yeah and now he had an interesting accent he's israeli that actor so hmm. uh well, and then the father, um, Father Best, he was James Hong. Yeah. <laughs> Honda, yeah. He was like, that's the guy from Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. <laughs> one. You got another one for me? No? Oh, and in Milan, yeah, he's, uh, can I remember that character's name from Milan? I, yeah. I can um, see him. I don't remember his name, but yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was in Big Trouble. He's from in Minnesota. Little... Yeah, he is. Go, go yeah. find him. You should have invited. Yeah, go him find him. Podcast. He's in Minneapolis. <laughs> he, he lives in Los Angeles now. I'm Probably, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Mr. Gao in Turning Red. Yeah, it's amazing that he's still because uh, he's he'll be turning a hundred years old in. Yeah, like, I saw that. What? 1929. Yeah. He's in 1929. Okay. Basically, six years. He's like really old. <laughs> still working. Good for him. Yeah. He'll, maybe he'll make it all the way and still, you know, be as lively as ever. Male uh, Betty White. You got to wow. make it. <laughs> um, 1929. My goodness. Yeah. It's fun to see. And of course, like the character is sculpted to look, you know, as much like James Hong as one of these puppets can physically <laughs> look, look like a human <laughs> but uh similar thing with of course the titular characters key and peel the uh, wendell and wild sculpts are directly designed on the looks of those oh, actors you could tell. You could <laughs> yeah that, that was who that was i didn't yeah. even have to hear their voice i was like i know which one is each of these people <laughs> i know who's gonna be who See Chifu, that's the name of the character from Mulan, I believe. Chifu. Mm. Oh. All right. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there's, it's, uh, with a movie like this, it, it's what, 90 minutes at most. Um, it's so, an hour and 45. Oh, oh, wow. Well, yeah, probably, you know, hour 40 ish with, um, minus the credits, but, um, the, the amount of time that they have to kind of, you know, flesh out everything, you know, is, is somewhat limited, although they, you know, I, I just feel like with animation and especially stop motion animation, there are certain limitations that require you to take certain like narrative shortcuts. I don't know. I noticed that with, with like Nightmare Before Christmas and other, other stuff. I haven't seen a ton of stop motion movies numerous times, but, um, usually there's only so much you can really, um, only, only so much, um, I don't know, into the wheeze that, <laughs> that you can really bother to go into, um, as far as like character motivations and, but this, this movie is all about, you know, it's, it's got that multiple, um, you know, different threads that we're trying to follow throughout the film, you know, Wendell and Wilde's narrative cat, um, and then like sister Helly and, and Manberg, um, and oh, and, and even like, um, father vests and the Claxons, like they have their own scenes. Yeah. So like, it's, it's very interwoven and multi-layered, um, and, you know, animated fit, like, yeah, the, like the cartoonish villains and, and certain characters like that, like, um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't have any issues with things being a little broad, um, especially in like a case where this is sort of more adult oriented uh-huh. and, uh, and, and there are like a lot of like gross out moments that they're, they're going for. So <laughs> it was kind of, uh, fun to see just like the ways they can push kind of that PG 13 rating a little bit. <laughs> Um, but not like, not so far to where, like, it got irritating for me. I I don't know if it ever did for you. Yeah. I I liked it. I I thought it was, I thought it was like a good movie, good little movie. Um, I I did like, there were times where I would like forget that it's not a children's movie with, and then, you know, something, you know, something a little bit more mature would happen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh. Oh, oh my gosh like shocking because it wasn't like you know it wasn't like packed mm-hmm. in like those those pg-13 themes weren't packed in there the whole time so when it did happen mm-hmm. it'd be like oh there it is there's what's getting that, yeah. that rating. <laughs> it's like well, oh the, the cuss word and you're like oh and then they say it again and i was like oh <laughs> like, let me look up this rating real quick <laughs> what's happening <laughs> well yeah the, um and yeah, it's not like a perfect movie. I I wouldn't say like um I would rate it up similar to and what are some I guess um one other movie from this year I liked was The Bad Guys and I would say similar amount of enjoyment with that cuz that wasn't like the most I don't know jaw-droppingly inspiring movie either. But, uh, you know, this was as far as like the the effort artistry, the one of this, um, certainly more noteworthy than a lot of things. Um, so, um, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of like ways that 
I just didn't feel quite as connected to it and probably did have to do with just uh, <laughs> some of the editing of the stop motion, you know, just sequences. It, it It's hard to really make it tightly fit together because of, you know, you're, you're really committed to the sequences and the shots that, that you attempt. <laughs> and there's not really any ways to cheat things as easily. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I I liked it, but I kind of what Alex was saying earlier that the story, like the storyline was kind of like discombobulated at times. Because mm-hmm. I was like, and there's, and there's a couple of plot holes that like thinking back, I was like, why, why was that? So it's like, yeah. like, why is she a hell maiden? And I like, I know that she has like some inkling that she can like kind of tell the future, but she doesn't really understand that till later. But I'm like, why? One and then it's like I, they were jumping back and forth yeah. between Wendell and Wild and the father and what she was doing. And then it, at some point they like collide. But I was like, it was kind of all over the place at some parts of the movie. Yeah, just like stuff happens. Like, why did Wendell and Wild? Why why did that little in that video game sequence where they're tunneling through the ground in that miniature shot? You know, like yeah. And then suddenly, <laughs> like an obstacle appears directly below Cat and Raoul. That prevented uh, Wendell Wild from uh, yeah, appearing. Why did that happen? You know, yeah, surfacing right where they were. Well, because yeah. Helly was, you know, that was what happened when Helly showed up. When okay, Sister she... Helly, she could, she could like travel. That was like the okay. light that would travel up. She traveled like through the ground. And again, they don't tell oh, okay. us why. I was like, do sure. Helmaidens have special power. powers? Yeah, that will. She yeah. Could, she, yeah, she does that, that weird. That was her power. But then after, uh, after cat fights her demons she gets her little orb and then she's like yeah. your power and then but yeah but like i don't know but like it's, why why like, i, I want to know why <laughs> what makes you a hell maiden and like yeah well it's like they got she got marked but like why was she chosen like she was already experiencing weird stuff so like why and then like the mark was because the bear was like it's you also, why did that man have the bear first? But he's not a hell maiden. He well, he's said, a demon hunter. <laughs> yeah, but he said it was my bear. But then Sister Helly or Sister Helly yeah, had it in the desk. Yeah, that was her he, name. She's she stole it from him, and then Cat uh, stole it from her. But why did he have the bear in the first place? Like he just hunted demons as like a hobby, but like. Why did he have this bear that can find hell maidens? Well, maybe. Okay. Well, they need the, the, the bear to, bears to above. do the power. Yeah, bears above. You need the bears above to summon your demons if you're a hell maiden. So I guess because mm. he was like, because he had rounded up so many demons already. So I'm like, maybe he had it, <laughs> and then when he found Sister Pelly, yeah. he was like, all right, this is, is what it- we're gonna do. I don't know. <laughs> It was Rust Bank was just this epicenter for demonic activity because Manberg had hunted down and collected all of these artifacts and and actual demonic entities themselves <laughs> that he was imprisoning at the school. Uh, <laughs> Rust. And Bank, I love that they all end RBC. up being yeah they all end up being like the kids. He's like, oh, hey, there's all my kids. Belzer's kids, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I thought they just ran away. <laughs> he's like, well, they did, yeah. but I have them. Don't worry. 
Yeah, Buffalo Bells are what a he's a cool character. Ving Rames, mm -hmm. uh, incredible. Yeah, performance. Ving Rames. Um, uh, you got one thing I also didn't notice uh, upon initial viewing was the up close sphincter shot. <laughs> um, did you notice this? It was kind of a getting some past. I mean, it, it's a it's a puppet, so it's like yeah, you know, it's not the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not real <laughs> uh but it is you know once you realize I, that's I what missed, it is I'm like, oh. i missed that <laughs> when he swallows the souls at the beginning and they go through his digestive tract and yeah, then they yeah. come out in the pool and you see them exiting the orifice um <laughs> and then being picked up by the soul jockeys and deposited yeah. in the rides at the screen fair and then they're tortured <laughs> Oh, what did these poor souls do to deserve the the scream fair? But now they're gonna get a better fair. Yeah, they're gonna get the dream fair. I guess. Yeah, they. they I was waiting the whole time for them to open that folder so I could see what was in there. I wanted to see the plans, and then I was like, actually, what's yeah. with it? I was like, oh, because mm. I was like, they're gonna build this up, and it's gonna be like crap. But no, it was good. Yeah, you know, you open it, and you're like, oh, good job, guys. Looks great. <laughs> Yeah, so well, one was... of them, well, they're, oh, they're like, well, they're they're like um, P.T. Barnum types, I was going to say, they're these showman characters, but yeah, continue, Bridget. Well, I was going to say that that's another theme that I kind of like picked up on, and then I like read some stuff about it later, um, that another one of the themes was like nature versus nurture, because mm -hmm. like, you know, they're demons, so like in their nature, they're supposed to be evil, and like their dad is evil and he mm -hmm. wants them to be evil. And yeah. but they're like, but we want to just make like this nice fair for everyone. So everyone can just have a good time in the afterlife. Like, why, why do we need to torture them? And then like, of course, because they're demons, they do uh, morally ambiguous things uh, throughout the movie. But at the end, they like, you know, help save the town and they help Kat and they stop being bad. <laughs> that, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Just seeing Wendell and Wilde, like their devious kind of machinations and coming to the conclusions that they do. I, I thought that was really interesting because they were just such unpredictable characters. They they really lit up the screen whenever. I, I do love Kat, though. She was. Yeah, a huge, she was great, too. You know, yeah. Well, and I think hers is the same way, like the, the nature versus nurture, because it's like mm -hmm. she had like, you know, such a good upbringing and then her parents died and then she mm -hmm. was just kind of like alone and left without anybody to like continue to steer her towards that direction. And because, you know, she thought it was her fault. So she was like, well, I have to be bad yeah. because what I did, like I killed my parents. So now I'm bad. One and thing so, like, that you know, she goes and like becomes better with, you know, good direction. Yeah. Speaking of like plot holes, one thing that I initially mistook for a plot hole was how that bridge in Rust Bank wasn't repaired even after like five years. Five years. That was the first thing I noticed when they were driving her in that in the van when she's getting dropped off at school mm -hmm. I, and it still it had like the little it had caution tape, tape and stuff. Yeah. I was like it's been five years and they still haven't replaced that guardrail because there's then, nobody there but then, yeah, I, when you yeah, see the but town. then yeah. I realized like oh but also like there's nobody in town so mm -hmm. I wonder yeah. why the few people that did stay decided to stay though yeah crazy falafel stand yeah gonna, <laughs> people like need the their only... uh, yeah, the falafel. <laughs> in, in case the Avengers show up to fight off a, a Earth or a globe-threatening force, they, oh, they you need mean their the shawarma. Of zombies? <laughs> yeah, the, the, they they need their shawarma afterwards. But, uh, 
let's see yeah the zombie characters that there was the big climactic fight which is pretty fun um yeah i don't know what um what else initially kind of do we want to um examine um i got i got some like what were their names from hercules pain and panic oh yeah Uh yeah from that like with wendell and wild like they same and then the three girls reminded me of the fates i was like yeah. <laughs> there's some parallel here but oh. I, that's just I, I mean i'm like that i think i was just making like connections in my head but like that's kind of what i was like hmm, like well, watch remind me of this so these ones are kind of reminding me of that but if, yeah if key and peel hadn't already been a duo in a disney animated movie like i'd be like okay they're definitely getting cast as pain and panic but i feel yeah. like maybe it'd be too much at this point no, we got that maybe. upcoming her, yeah I that's mean, been Keegan in the Michael news Key will probably do it for sure he was honest john in pinocchio oh was he yeah mm-hmm. i don't think i realized he was in that well and he's gonna be toad in the mario brothers movie oh, yeah right. right and then he's also in wonka He's going to be in the Wonka movie. I don't know who he is. The new Wonka movie? Yeah. Timothy Chalamet is going to be Wonka. And I'm actually so excited. What? I like him. He's pretty. (laughs) But yeah, he was, uh, he's Murray in Hotel Transylvania. Like uh, Keegan. So Keegan Michael Key, he's like, I'm I'm in everything. And I'm here for it. Like he's done a lot of like voice acting in the last couple of years. I was glad that they were. (laughs) in this together because like Mm -hmm. i just i mean are they like best friends in like real life or did i make that up in my head no i I think that they are good friends together but like Mm -hmm. are they actually like besties because i i feel like they are well they're probably as close to each other as anyone else in each of their lives uh you know maybe they're sick of each other at this point it says that they they're close friends in real life um but they because jordan peele wanted to like direct and produce and stuff that's kind of why they kind of stopped doing key and peel um just because you know he wanted to do something different and keegan michael key's living his best life acting so you know and i really like like jordan peele's movies too so i'm glad Mm -hmm. like he's Mm -hmm. doing that and uh, like hopefully like doing more um mm-hmm. i've seen them all the, well the um he'll yeah i i mean he'll probably get near blank check a blank slate to kind of make uh whatever he wants for his next project i think nope was well enough received for him to you know be given um a, a pretty uh, wide berth uh, for his next film so that'll be exciting. So strange that he did com- you know he was doing comedy like his little skit show and then is doing this more like horror genre like that's what he does that's what he likes and he likes to put like even you know we can, we see this in Wendell and Wild he likes to put those you know like hot topics like in his mm-hmm. movies like oh, yeah. you know like underlying controversial opinion almost kind of things in 
all all of his movies have that kind of when he does yeah he likes to do that intentionally like he was like I like to bring like certain topics that people should talk about he's like I like to bring them up like make people uncomfortable because then they talk about it Um, and he's and he likes to do it yeah yeah this one was a lot more obvious in Wendell and Wilde than (laughs) other uh, movies it's like a little bit more Mm. vague puzzling you got to find it you gotta be looking for it but he does do that and he is good at it so yeah it looks like yeah. um monkey paw productions isn't connected directly to keegan michael key it's it was yeah, founded by peel yeah um but yeah the uh hot topic <laughs> connection there there should be some uh <laughs> um merchandise tie-in with this movie you you would hope, but I don't know. Considering it's not like one of the major studios, uh, it's probably going to end up being a bit of an underground cult classic. I saw a lot on Facebook about it when it came out, actually, which I was surprised about. I didn't see much about it. I like. I was worried that uh, people I know who typically have problems with darker animation um, were going to complain about it, but I'm hoping... Like I didn't see them post about it. So I think because it was like directed towards older kids and it was not available on the kids option of Netflix that they have not seen it. Um, But I did look up reviews earlier and they had pretty, I think it was like a 6.9 on Rotten Tomatoes, I think in like an 80 something percent somewhere else. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. Netflix.com. Netflix has merch apparently. Netflix.shop. Yeah. (laughs) I was just looking that up. (laughs) (laughs) I want a little goat plushie. Do they have that? No, they don't have any plushies. We need to write Netflix. Give us plushies. Gabby goat. (laughs) I love Gabby goat. Yeah, she, the, the, yeah. It was so cute. Major. Um, what did, what did she do? Gabby goat. She like got the, the bear or there was some major. Um, She led uh, Siobhan to, like she broke Siobhan was trying to apologize and then the goat busted in the room and grabbed something off the bed and like yeah. led to um the yeah. I did I think she just pulled like the thing I think she just pulled the blanket off the bed because I thought she was in there okay yeah I can't remember if she actually grabbed That's something right she, had, it, she just pulled it in her mouth when they okay. it, when they got to the scene um, a goat ex machina yeah there was uh there and she was like oh what's going on and then pat's just like me and sister helly are hellmaidens she's yeah. like, <laughs> she like all right well hey uh, that's it. so that was another person that i meant to bring up um, with the nature versus nurture is how do you say it see siobhan okay i look at it and it doesn't make sense in my brain um so with siobhan like her parents are the evil people and she's like oh wait what you guys are doing is like so wrong yeah like so bad and she's like no i'm not no i'm not gonna be a part of that i'm actually gonna be against you guys so i I like that i like that she was like no like it and it's kind of like one of those things is like you don't have to like be everything your parents said you have to be you can be your own person Interesting choice to give them the, the Claxons uh, English accents too. That that's another thing that reminded me of like Boris Johnson too with yeah. those characters, <laughs> uh, just like these slick British uh, types. But I guess this is 
it's pretty explicitly supposed to be in the United States, the Rust Belt region mm -hmm. of like the Northeast. Um, but there's just a lot of connection to sort of the the way that region saw a lot of um, you know socioeconomic decline in the later because yeah as far as like the, the era in which this takes place it is supposed to be like present day we have smartphones um so yeah i don't know um if uh if the klaxons are you know recent i i guess when you're that rich it's like yeah they probably have an estate over in england too or something <laughs> who knows well i looked it up so both of those actors are british so i wonder yeah. if they just like i wonder if they like intentionally made them british like picked yeah. people who were british or if they just the people they picked happened to be british and that's what they went with yeah i i guess um you know as far as like how pointed the social commentary is meant to be how you know i I don't think it's like a matter of uh, let's let's troll the the right or things like you know like how yeah there's just the... about like how capitalism can like ruin <laughs> yeah. good things or like yeah. small like family owned businesses because they you know they burned down the brewery so that they could have their private, private prison. prison. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, talk about private prisons and stuff. So that, very interesting topic. Also, hot take. <laughs> yes, hot topic. <laughs> Well, it's just not something you see a lot of in like mainstream entertainment. Uh, you know, what what even is a private prison? You know, most people probably wonder. It's like, well, aren't prisons like run by the, you know, it's like people who have been through the, you know, the public, uh, you know, criminal justice system. You would think, well, then now they're still under the, you know, the ward of the the state. Uh, but no, a lot of like these facilities in which they're being held do have a certain private um, interest that's, you know, governing them. Uh, and, and yeah, the other government gives out a lot of money to <laughs> private entities to manage these prisons and staff them. And a lot of times like the conditions at these facilities are, are just utterly, you know, wretched. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and that's like, I, I was I read about it and it was saying that like, you know, mass incarceration is like yeah. a big topic, especially because like when Jordan Peele was like thinking about this, he was like, I want to like have characters who are black mm. because I didn't grow up seeing characters, especially in this like art, art style as black mm -hmm. characters. They're usually white. Um, mm. And so that is like a big problem that mm. the black community faces is like, you know, being incarcerated and mm. especially like if you aren't guilty uh and so it, it tends to affect black communities more often than white communities and so that's why they were like i'm gonna we're gonna add this to part of the story because it's like not only is like capitalism bad but basically mm -hmm. making sure people fail from the beginning so that you make a company money it's just like you know inherently evil <laughs> it's like yeah you gotta make money but you shouldn't like and like that's kind of like what uh, Siobhan was like oh you mean we're not gonna like re like rehabilitate them and like help them be better and they're like no 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 no, no. we need them here so we'll be rich duh and she's <laughs> like oh well then so yeah he like purposely like was like I want like mass talk about mass incarceration like incarceration like community corruption all that he wanted to like cover all those in this movie and you know Kat was in jail for pushing that kid down the stairs so like even she mm. had experienced as a young black woman, she had been yeah. in jail too. That's right. And they yeah. like sent her to this like Catholic school to get reformed 
in quotes. Uh, <laughs> and um, in, re in reality, they were just going to let her, you know, continue to be bad and end up in the system. Yeah. Collect money from her because of the, mm -hmm. what was the pro program was called something. Um, it, yeah. I can just remember the RBC. Yeah, break the cycle. Break the but cycle. in actuality, it was just keeping you in the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Because well, that, yeah. that was like that program was that break the cycle program was sending girls to places to get reformed and that school had just started um, accepting from that program but mm -hmm. the father best like wanted her there only so that he could get the money from her because like the tuition was paid but then the Claxons like she has to fail the yeah. claxons yeah. wanted him to keep the school going and collect all the kids from that program so that they could essentially end up in you know in that prison so. <laughs> this movie has a lot going on it, yeah they yeah, were like they were like it's where you're gonna get this message <laughs> it's, i mean so many moving parts uh yeah, the school I was that was also interesting I mean it's a it's a cartoon you know it's, it's an animated film but like the school did seem strangely like lenient when it came to cat just strolling through the hallways boom with box. the with their boom box yeah, yeah. Flash, and into the classroom like that that doesn't seem like something that would ever fly oh and she uh, was like out of like like she was in uniform but she was obviously out of like the regulations of the uniform with her mm -hmm. thigh high boots and <laughs> her like big green hair yeah yeah okay. i was like yeah and, and then uh, in a real catholic school uh, you'd, you'd get the ruler more than likely <laughs> yeah they were pretty lax uh, i mean the there was a certain amount of like affection that the students had toward uh father bess when he died yeah. uh, you know they had the the choir you know the they were a talented choir that were performing at the funeral and there were you know the students crying and stuff i don't know a certain amount of that could have been like stockholm syndrome type of thing but i don't know was, i'm sure he had his redeeming qualities as well seemed like kind of a nice guy albeit you know he had his yeah sketchy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think he, was, he, was just he just wanted a little bit of money okay touch, i think i think he was just an out of touch kind of dude like yeah and of course the town had become derelict and the school was falling into disrepair so it's like yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot that sometimes a person in that situation will compromise in order to uh you know help his situation like and you know what like he actually really liked his job because he he was just trying to save the school like that's all he wanted to do like he didn't have any nefarious plans for the school like mm -hmm. he just wanted to save the school because he didn't yeah he didn't he wasn't in cahoots with the claxons to so that they could make the prison like he just wanted the money from them so that he could yeah save his school like but it the the school only had like mm -hmm. i don't know like 10 kids it well they like needed they yeah. needed the funding to get more kids <laughs> yeah who knows what the yeah i mean that seems like another um feature uh, uh casualty of like the medium stop motion it's like you're kind of limited on the number of characters you can right. have so it it's sort of convenient. And they had a good bit like for the the size of the movie they, they had, had a, a good, lot good bit of yeah 
for this type of production, but convenient that it is a ghost town in Rust Bank. And so <laughs> you don't have to worry about, you know, background character. You know, there's not a lot of extras in your scenes and things like that. So, um, so that's one thing, like a few things, you know, we were talking, Bridget, you know, you and I have both done a lot of extra, you know, background work throughout our uh, entertainment careers. And um, I find that there's almost nothing that brings scene to life more and adds, you know, realism, verisimilitude than actually having uh, characters in the background. It just makes like the world feel real. Unlike almost any other like special effect you could add to a film. I don't know if you feel the same way. Well, yeah, like I like I feel like you can always tell like I see it with some of the Hallmark movies because mm-hmm. um, they are typically lower budget. But mm-hmm. it's like they're like walking down a street that's in the town, but it's only the two of them. And it's like mm-hmm. the middle of the day. And I'm like, where are all the people? Mm-hmm. Like you could have just had like the, like one of the set guys just walk across the road or something <laughs> like something. They're just like by themselves. And I'm like, are you in a desolate town? So, yeah, like you actually like you need to have like the sounds and the people and people walking like in front of the conversation or like through it. Like, like yeah. you can't have a prom scene and only have 10 people there, which just doesn't make sense. Gotta have it's not realistic. Props. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, uh, yeah, the way like you're, you're watching a movie and then there's just all this activity going on in the background of the scene. And almost never do I even like acknowledge it's like okay they're just out in the real world just you know the, the, the actors are are walking around this park or this town square and and there's all the activities of the town going on in the background but no it's like all that is also <laughs> just as staged as everything else that's going on on sc- yeah. on screen with with very few exceptions so but the fact that we like almost never think about it really illuminates the magic of you know having like the the uh the background um fully um realized in that way in a way that's uh, you know difficult to do especially in stop motion um, yeah <laughs> they're like yeah this this town's gonna be desolate because uh we're not making all those people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know there's i'm trying to think if i if i've seen examples of it done Usually, I think if they're having to to have a whole bunch of figurines doing stuff in the background, it it does kind of distract the eye because you can notice kind of all the little jittery. It's sort of like having you know how in like the Wes Anderson movies, you're you, dealing with characters that have like a lot of fur. You know, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Isle of Dogs. It's like every time there's a new frame, a lot of this fur gets shuffled around. And so it's like there's this constant um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, flur- flurry going on every time these characters are on screen with, with the hair. And it's like if you're trying to do something with lots of other elements, like having a, a big crowd scene or something, it's it's a similar type of deal. There's just a lot of noise. Yeah, I was trying to think about like other stop motion and like Coraline, there's not, I mean, they kind of live in an empty town too. Um, But I like, I guess like the nightmare before Christmas, like that's the only one where there's like Hmm. multiple people in the scene Hmm. at one time, I guess people use that word, multiple like things going on, but they usually like made sense. It was very rare that they were like, oh, we're just standing in the background, filling the space. Like they're usually like singing or talking or doing something. Hmm. 
Yeah. So that's why I think with stop motion animation, it usually helps to have like a really specific kind of story that you're trying to tell. And usually it's not going to be the most grounded in, you know, our physical reality. Um, so yeah, like kind of these supernatural metaphysical subjects are, are, are definitely a, a good, um, your topic of conversation within these films and i do like how this this movie does deal directly with the relationship between the humans and the underlying demons and forces that uh you know in that affect them well hey so well in, if you think about it sometimes the demons are real people there you <laughs> go like sometimes the demons are fine the demons are actually the bad people i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean they uh <laughs> they're certainly uglier than the actual demons themselves <laughs> i know I, I, they i love that yeah. they were like they were like the like those caricatures of people because i was like i feel like they like emulated these people after real people but they don't they're like comically not real people <laughs> yeah. well it was cool how um wendell and wild at least they had their design changed from the underworld to being on do they have a an actual term for the surface world yeah, i thought there was like the living world or something yeah yeah, yeah that's what they call it like that yeah yeah the living world um so yeah that it, it i mean it might have just been a case of like oh we've got these really cool designs for these characters i know let's use one for when they're in the underground and then one when they're in the living world uh <laughs> compromise that way but the, the the underground the underworld is very stylized and and that's more directly that pablo Lobato character influence that you see um uh, but then again belzer buffalo belzer when he appears above ground his design i think that's the same exact character model so yeah it doesn't apply to everyone well that's what i was saying um what i read earlier when it was inspired by that shadow puppet animation um, they were doing like the physical cutouts. So maybe it was easier yeah. like in that part, I guess in the underworld, like easier to do like the more physical cutouts with CGI versus the stop motion, like just mainly using, I mean, I guess like, I think that the, um, the dad demon, what, Belzebub, is that his name? Uh, a Belzer, a Buffalo Belzer. Buffalo Belzer. I keep getting a mixed up with the bear because it's bear, bears bears bear. yeah. <laughs> I want to call him Belzebub and I'm like, no, that's not it. Um, because like I think his character, like the the model character, I think he's always stop motion. He's like that big stop motion character. Whereas when they're in his nose and like on his head, they're like those physical cutouts with CGI. Which I love that they didn't kill their thing. Their whatever that was. So I think that creature, <laughs> it's supposed spark to be a plug. Well, that's the name. Yeah, spark plug. Spark plug. Um, yeah. But I think it's supposed to be a tardigrade. Um, also, yeah, also known as a water bear. If you look up the tardigrade, and they appear in the movie Ant Man. Um, oh. Or I think maybe Ant Man and the Wasp. You see like a, a shot of one. Um, yeah. Whoa. Oh, I've seen the I've seen videos of these like in on TikTok people with microscopes i watch videos of people looking at yeah. the, the microscopes i don't know if you guys like that but um yeah we watch weird stuff 
I've seen those before. These are these are very popular. Yeah, they're kind of cute. Yeah, well, it's because like yeah, they're kind of like cute. But like if I saw that in front of my face, I'd be terrified. <laughs> but they don't even. Um, apparently, they're also called moss piglets, and I love that. Nice. I love that for them. That's so cute. <laughs> so I, I wonder if they eat moss. Is that where they're like found? Where are they found? Where where do I find you? Kind of found all over. I think. What, yeah, also called water bears. So moist environments. Uh, yeah, well, that's like the the moss the moss piglets. I'm assuming you can find them in moss if they're called moss it, piglets. It says, it says moss piglets redirects here for the South Park episode. See <laughs> moss piglets South Park. I guess. Oh, <laughs> there's an episode about them on South Park. Yeah, so tardigrade. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, it so it was originally named tardigrade. Uh-huh. Um, Kleiner Wasserbar, which means little water bear in German. Uh, and it comes from the way that they walk, reminiscent of a bear's gait. Huh. So that's why they're called a water bear. Yeah, they they do live in moss. Yeah, I see that the the lichens, lichens, and mosses. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Used to plant uh, seedlings in Belzer's hair farm. Yeah. <laughs> Funny concept there. That, that's the mule. Their mule. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, what was the cream made of? That, what did it know, say on the label? Like they like to eat it. Yeah. Well, it's because they were yeah. uh, tripping when they, they ate them, it. They gave them <laughs> belly or whatever they said. Yeah. They, he said it uh, tickles my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, are they really having these characters, like, be like this in this movie? <laughs> Um, yeah, they have trippy visions after ingesting the hair cream. So. Yeah, the hair cream on like the tube, it said like handsome or something. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming because the hair cream is supposed to help. I mean, obviously it's supernatural because it's in the underworld, but um, I'm assuming because it's supposed to make the follicles like come back to life at least for hmm. a short time. That's why it could bring people back. Yeah. Well, and I guess part of what sealed cat's fate to becoming a hell maiden this uh you know <laughs> um hair cream trip that one on wild are on where they see the i think the eight it was like the the younger version of cat little. yeah um and then okay. yeah this whole journey <laughs> so i have a thought why did the mom not get out of the car i think she was she, trying to get the get the dad out she could have lived yeah, I think she was trying to get the dad and like, you know, should open the window. The water came rushing in. I don't mm-hmm. she even unbuckle her seatbelt before she opened that window. I thought about that too, though. I was like, yeah, she got out together. But like if the dad couldn't have got out and like if you tried your best, I don't know that the best course of action is just, OK, well, I guess I'm going to drown, too. We're going to die together. I don't know. I don't know when you have a child, if that's the I'm best the course or- of action. I'm the very, the kid. Yeah, very Romeo yeah. and Juliet of you, I guess. I'm going to go down with them. Yeah, I I, that's that's <laughs> one of those little like cinema sins things that kind of just yeah. backed up in my mind. Just little minor knocks against the movie that prevented me from being like fully, you know, engaged to a sort of ecstatic degree. But uh, especially like how abrupt whole opening was the disney deaths of the parents and it's like well oh wow they're they're really 
they're they're really going at it right from the get. Um, she she's like, because I didn't even realize right away. Okay, she bit into this apple, and there's this two-headed worm. Okay, so this is a fantasy hallucination that she's having because you know this is like a crazy demon, you know, horror type film. So she's gonna have these. This is like her first encounter with the paranormal. But no, it's it's actually like a grub that's inhabiting her. her freaking apple and causes even though <laughs> so i wondered i was like was that two-headed worm actually like wendell and wild i thought about i don't know too. Like, was that, I was like it has two heads why why would a worm it? have two heads and if i don't i i was trying to i thought that too so when i looked i was trying to like look at it when it was on the tv and one of the worms had a a longer skinnier head and one of them had a rounder head so I was like, maybe that's foreshadowing, like, yeah. being able to see the future and stuff. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Because um, they were assigned to her or she assigned to. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That was their hell maiden. But yeah, I was like, there was a, I had a lot of questions and I was like, I want these answered. I know yeah. they're not going to answer them, but I want them answered. <laughs> yeah. And the whole like cause and effect, you know, problem isn't something that you can really approach linearly when you're dealing with the paranormal it's all you know in, in the underworld i don't think time necessarily functions the same way like we were talking about the good place last time and mm -hmm. you know how the the timeline in the good place slash bad place is uh what's the word that they use jeremy barramy jeremy barramy <laughs> i want to so, spend jeremy barramy with you yeah i, I love know. that <laughs> let's see uh yeah the good place uh well okay i and i don't know there are people who think like uh they associate the word capitalism with okay this is a good necessary thing because if we didn't have that we'd have communism or feudalism or socialism i mean these are all just isms they're all just ideologies and if you follow them down to any kind of extreme conclusion you're you're not going to end up with something good uh yeah. but also capitalism i mean you're kind of using that interchangeably with like the the um the sin of greed you could say um because you know used neutrally it more just refers to like a the adam smithian you know free market capitalism sort of scenario but i mean obviously that gets easily abused once capital gets uh concentrated in the hands of hegemonic uh megalomaniacs like the claxons <laughs> so totally you know i i would hate you know people listening to this to to like misinterpret things that you're saying to be like uh you want socialism i mean Sure, that we need certain checks and balances against capitalism that don't exist very easily within a capitalistic system because those with the means of production don't well will lobby and use their means to prevent such checks and balances. Yeah, so like it, with it is the zombies, they yeah. did it with the zombies. They brought the zombies back so they'd get. <laughs> They'd roll in their favor. And Most like, ludicrous. Like, of the... <laughs> yeah. How, why like, do how they have a right? A rule? Yeah. yeah. Why is this a rule? I mean, I guess because there's no rule, then they're it's fine. Yeah. The, the zombie just points to this random spot yeah. in the rule book. 
then the doctor is like, in my professional opinion, they are definitely alive. They're <laughs> literally like, like skeletons. What? <laughs> no, and that's the thing. I and I think that's like a part of what it is. It's like a, it's like pro community, like anti, like big, like obviously like private prisons, and also like capitalists, capitalism on crack. I would yeah, say. Yeah, we still want. Yeah, because you can have it. We want our breweries. You can't have an extreme. Yeah. We want our restaurants. We want our bakeries. We want our libraries. Um, we don't want private prisons. What, what was uh, <laughs> De- Del Delroy and Wilma were uh-huh. Kat's parent? Yeah, and Wilma's a librarian, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was, and he had his brewery, and then of course. They and I think that's what it was is like they were coming in and like taking out everything so they could yeah. have this prison instead of just like I don't know have another business open a Walmart like come on <laughs> <laughs> don't be evil <laughs> the um the theater did you catch the movie theater in Rust Bank uh, it was called the Lyric no I didn't I remembered seeing like the whatever it was the um, letters that were up. Um, but I didn't oh, see yeah. the name of it. The the post no bills, Claxon yeah. uh, Corp. You know, yeah, all the flyers. But um, the the movie theater is called the Lyric, which is the name of the lead actress who plays Cat yeah. Lyric. Uh, what was her last name? I've lost my page here. <laughs> um, um, I have like twenty Ross Lyric, Lyric Ross. Lyric Ross. Okay, yeah, yeah she's going to be on some major stuff um, in the near future. I know too. Iron. Heart? Well, Angela Bassett was Sister Helly. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be oh, in she... Ironheart. Is she Ironheart? Probably. I'm not that familiar with the character. Hmm. Um, she's in six episodes. So Riri, the only named character I'm seeing on Ironheart's page is Riri Williams. Is that the only a few quick keystrokes would? Uh... Well, I think. <laughs> Uh, is it Ironheart in the new um, Wakanda Forever movie? Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. I okay, think her alter is. ego. Yeah, Ironheart's alter ego is Riri Williams. So yeah. Lyric Dominique Ross. Dominique Thorne is Ironheart. That's right. Okay. So Lyric Ross is a different character, but she's got a lot of stuff that she's doing right now. Um, let's see. Siobhan was Tamara Smart. Yeah, also. Which I've seen her in stuff. stuff. She was in Artemis Fowl. Uh, Raul hasn't been in a ton of stuff. I'm just seeing Sam. Apparently they are new. They are like an up and coming actor. Yeah. Poppets. It's a short film with uh, Sam Zalea. Mm -hmm. That's how you pronounce it. All right. So. Yeah, great to see this traditional analog style of animation up on screen. I'm, there's a a new movie out on Netflix I saw that's called Intergalactic. Do you know anything about this? Because um, it's like the same style as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, so, I mean, I just haven't heard a ton about it because it's not theatrical. But it's I'd a, be... It says it's an adult animated music television special. A, okay because I, I didn't think it was a series yeah uh, it says the greatest love story you already know but you've never seen or heard what it has it? timothy okay. chalamet in it i like timothy chalamet <laughs> yeah it's an hour um, 33 minutes 
Yeah, it was mm-hmm. created by American musician and actor Kid Cudi. Hmm. Oh, how about that? It serves as a visual companion piece to his album with the same name. Oh. Okay. That's yeah, fun. I was, so there's yeah, another like, yeah. Yeah, it's dedicated to his um, deceased friend who was the American fashion designer Virgil Abloh, who served as the costume designer on the project before he died. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, apparently the release date is his birthday. The guy who died. Um, that's the release date. Okay. Hmm. Apparently it received critical acclaim for its animation, visual style, music, and story. Oh, this is already out. Yeah. Apparently oh. it came out. It came in September. earlier. Yeah. And now it's like out on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, I actually hadn't really heard about this oh, at all. This honestly. Cool. So I guess to sort of merge the socioeconomic and metaphysical aspects of this film, which is kind of fun that it delves so deeply into each. Um, I've got this clip from a recent podcast from Dax Shepard's um, podcast network, Armchair Expert. And uh, it was a discussion on the... uh, the satanic panic of the uh like the late 70s and the 1980s uh that kind of trailed well into the 90s as well and, and you know you see vestiges of it um you know into contemporary times of course but um i thought this had some interesting because it, it directly references the rust belt and sort of the economic woes of that whole uh socioeconomic group so here uh we'll just um have a listen to that so i think that what's happening in the world out of which the satanic panic precipitates is the decline in the twilight of american power and prestige in the world we go from the halison days of eisenhower in the 1950s where we just won this titanic war against evil we had just built all this infrastructure you know, it's the Brady Bunch. It's the world of like Nick at night. And the world just deteriorated. The massive social movements of the civil rights movement questions our idea that everyone's equal and we have the big insurrections and riots. We have the hippie movement. We have the countercultural movement in the 1960s. Even the Red Scare gives us the idea that we're not safe. The Reds are going to undermine us. By the 1970s, we have the rise of these really big recessions. The world oil crisis is really ramping up by the late 70s. And by the early 80s, the United States is economically and politically in a bad place. And just think of New York City in the 1980s. It was a mess. This is a time period where Detroit is burning down half the time. This is a period where the factories are closing everywhere. The Rust Belt is really becoming the Rust Belt as we know it. Giant industrial farms have really replaced mom and pop farms. The giant big box companies really destroying middle America by the late 70s. The malls are arising and gutting what used to be Main Street America. America is going through a huge identity crisis. Many of the marriages from the 1960s and the free love movement are collapsing in divorce. We have a social and political and economic disaster, really. Slow moving train wreck. Yeah, so there he's really kind of just talking about the receipts of rampant capitalism. Uh, could you guys hear that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he didn't quite... That clip doesn't have a lot of info related to like the actual satanic, uh, you know, aspect of these <laughs> times, but um, they they certainly deal with that a lot more in the episode. But um, that, you said it was from a podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, um, 
arm arm let's see it's it's not armchair expert which is his main podcast but um armchaired and dangerous and the <laughs> subtitle is satanic panic yeah um well i will so, say yeah. I say recently Bailey Sarian, she has her podcast, Dark History, and she actually did um, one about the satanic panic and like Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, you guys want some more information about satanic panic. (laughs) It's definitely one of the first topics that comes up within that genre. Um, yes, the the whole like Stranger Things, you know, the the roll top uh, roll. Roll top Role table playing. play gang. <laughs> gang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Role playing games. Um, but yeah, here it's, you know, you're looking at actual like, you know, the, the supernatural making itself, you know, appear within the uh, the real world. And um, yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't address specifically the kinds of um, paranoia that, you know the satanic panic was really about but i i feel like it you know the the sorts of um, people who really bought into the satanic panic wouldn't have a whole lot of kind things to say about this film um <laughs> no I, mean, I don't think so <laughs> oh yeah i know a few friends who had problems with the animated um the adams family they okay. were not fans of that so i was like oh please don't watch this <laughs> I I thought yeah that movie does like visually look really ugly in my opinion um but did they have specific things about that film or those films um the recent animated anim- family films like that they uh, well uh, I mean the gothic imagery sure but like yeah it was like the gothic imagery and you know she's always like Wednesday's always trying to hurt uh Pugsley and yeah. they're different but it's like they're different because like to everyone else they're like weird because they're goth and they like goth things and dark stuff and so apparently she just wasn't a fan uh they just weren't a fan because uh person that's always posted yes yes it's the same person about every single oh okay yeah no i hope she does watch this one actually well, I, I imagine they won't. Yeah, I'm no, believe me, I watched it and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but I think because it's not offered on kids' Netflix, that they probably they didn't watch it. Um, the, and I this had, I guess was conceived by Henry Selick. So, like, he, I mean, he comes from the whole Disney, um, brain trust sort of. We talked about you know last week. He came from, um, Cal Arts and. Like that usually is conducive to a specific aesthetic, very more family friendly leaning. And and so I, I always thought of Henry Selleck as being kind of just a, a ordinary kind of conventionally minded dude. But like he's he's definitely got some political sensibilities about him and a very thoughtful you know, individual. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see like some of his his takes on, I don't know, society or um you know, social issues, I guess. Uh, yeah, but also yeah, in, in collaboration. Sorry. Yeah, in collaboration yeah. <laughs> with uh, Jordan Peele, I know was uh, credited as a co-writer. Um, so, but yeah, he, it was it was originally an idea by Henry Selleck. I think he even wrote like an unpublished yeah, novel. It, yeah, it was like an unpublished like book that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of unpublished things, like undone things. <laughs> Yeah. Well, even, like I the shadow it, king the, in the opening credits i think it's like based on the book by 
Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wow, it was a book. And then when I went to look it up, it was like unpublished. I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that got to do with me. Like, <laughs> I was trying to read the book. Like, I guess they want to, maybe they just wanted to give like credit, like, oh, this like idea yeah. comes from him. Everything else is inspired by him and Jordan Peele. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely someone uh, who's comfortable, you know, trying to subvert kind of the, the very classic traditional, you know, we heard that podcast clip reference um the brady bunch you know you know sort of the the mayberry aesthetic um you know it's that's something that certainly is an experience people growing up in the united states have had but there are other people who grew up in like the rust belt era um in those kind of regions of collapsing uh industry you know they had an entirely different experience and i'm sure things were kind of (laughs) hellish uh, for lack of a better term, for a lot of kids who who grew up in that situation. So I was reading, so I was curious to like see like how Jordan Peele changed the characters uh, since this was like an idea by Henry Selick first. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Peele was very set on Kat being a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And Henry Selick was worried that people would get her confused with Coraline. And he was like, well, no, we're going to make her a person of color. No one is going to confuse her with Coraline. They are different. Um, and so he actually, um, they actually like changed like a lot of the main characters based on what Jordan Peele was like going for aesthetically. Oh. Oh. Hmm. No, she, <laughs> I Not cannot. Coraline. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think of Coraline. I think I've only seen Coraline once, so. I just oh, I've, I've seen Coraline a lot, but I like I think I like I could see like I maybe like the fact that they're both kind of like creepy movies and they're like both stop motion, but like they are two different stories. Yeah. Like they are not the same story wise. And maybe that's like maybe a lot of that is helped by Jordan Peele. I don't know. I don't know what the original story was, because that, that's what I originally looked up was like, what is the original story <laughs> to see if there was anything interesting, but. No. Mm, all right well um as we get closer to wrapping up i don't know is there anything major we uh we missed on discussion of wendell and wild um yeah we didn't talk about how like accepting and nice everybody was about raul especially his mom sure like she was like when she was on the phone with, I guess, her boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said, like, my son, Raul. And then, she, I don't know, whatever the person says on the other line, she says, no, my son. Like, I was like, oh, you go, mom, you go. And then she, she has, like, a picture of him as her, like, like wallpaper on her phone. I was like, that is so cute. Like, she, like, she loves it. I, I, I just, mm-hmm. I love, like, there was just parts of it, of this, entire movie I just found like really endearing just small details like I wish I could think of another one right now um like like Siobhan and them like all those girls were like really welcoming to Kat and she thought that they were gonna be like mean girls and they were like no like we just want to be your friend like yeah 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 and they they weren't mean girls at all were they yeah no they they weren't they were really nice Um, and I think that's a part where they like because he wanted it to be about community 
And it's yeah. like Kat hadn't had that since her parents died. She had been on her own. So it's kind of like her being accepted into a community and how that makes you better, like being in touch with other people and like having togetherness. Um, oh. So yeah, because they were like nice. Yeah. And she's like, oh, they're going to be mean. And they ended up like, called them poodles like a few times yeah yeah Yeah, it was like really like her honestly like which i mean obviously she's been going through it but like she was actually kind of like mean to them first she was like i don't want anything to do with you guys you guys are gonna be mean and i'm just gonna end up leaving it doesn't matter and so it's like her accepting that like hey maybe i should like make friends and stay here and that will be beneficial to me (laughs) as a person so definitely the biggest source of health and well-being a person can have is through their relationships <laughs> with others i think that's something that's fairly uh substantively verified um through research it's like there's so many different lifestyle choices changes you can make to, to help improve your health and well-being but like i think the number one indicator is like you know how what are you what, what is the state of your relationship to the other people in your life uh if you're lacking solid relationships then things are just going to go downhill pretty quickly um so thankfully like cat I, I guess that's ultimately the thing that is healing for her um being able to i mean we i guess we haven't really talked too in depth about like the resolution sequence of her facing her inner demons um i thought that was interesting um like she she faces down this sort of creature of her own making um and it casts it out so to speak and then but, she yeah she like accepts the trauma and like and it's like it's okay it. it was so cute actually that made me like a little emotional made me want to go into the wall and hug my trauma yeah heli was like don't she's like no it's good i'm gonna go hug her <laughs> she needs um, a hug yeah she needs a hug we'll be good after we get a hug um, yeah yeah there was a, a compassionate side to that process of you know casting out the you know the whatever you want <laughs> the demon the entity the it's the, like it's, yeah. it's like an insecurity monster or something trauma the monster, monster. <laughs> i think that's that's a good point because it's like if you all you do is have these feelings of negativity towards the person you were and don't forgive yourself then that could all you know that could just cascade into a whole other problem later down the road yeah so that i you know what big theme therapy Big theme. <laughs> Get the traumas, guys. Hug, hug your, hug your uh, trauma monsters. Um. Or just, uh, I guess, take comfort in the fact that you have superpowers now. And yeah, if you can tell, <laughs> hey, if you hug your trauma monster and you get a power, even better. Good for you. <laughs> Who needs uh, therapy when you can tell the future? Tell if you have predict the that stock market. Mean, that or... would like make me need so much more therapy though. <laughs> make a killing at Las Vegas, you know. You just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can you can all apparently she can alter the future though, because they saved the town and yeah. then the future changed, which was neat. Cause I and that was like I think that was another thing, like um right re- like a resolution, like actually having like closure, because like her parents die again, which I was like, oh no, they have to die again, which I guess they do because, you know, she has to live her life, but it's kind of like, she's like forgiven herself and she got to have like that closure with them. And they know that like 
the town's going to be fine. And so everything's good now because she's going to save it. Do you think there's going to be a, a second one? Hmm. It's so rare that you see sequels to these kinds of I films. know. That's what I was like. They could, but they probably won't. But then, like, I was like, well, I kind of want, like, to know what happens to the town now. Like, do people move back and they build it up? And, like, also, like, what about the fair? Like, I want to see the fair. I want to go to the fair. Do I get to go? Like, do the do all the demons, like, live as a happy family now? Like, I need some closure now. Too. Yeah. Do we get the dream fair? Yeah. Do do her parents get a VIP pass? They I need said to know. they would. Yeah, I have to know. These are things I need to know. Like maybe if, I'll if just... yeah, like if they don't get one, is she gonna go down there and like be like, all right, guys? Yeah, does she get to, <laughs> like does she get to go like visit the fair too? Like it would be um cool if they they did a short film at least, um, which is kind of weird. Like there's never been as as huge of a you know franchise the nightmare before christmas has become there hasn't even been a short film released i don't think set in that universe um there is the overlay at haunted mansion disneyland so that's kind of like the only like sequel material we've gotten isn't it <laughs> well i would say so uh, i looked so currently there is no rumored no discussions with netflix to make a sequel yeah. um but it, because it took so long to create the film, they're like, if they decide to do a second one, we're probably not going to hear about it for a minute because it took them, you know, three years to, to, oh, to make I it. Don't, so I don't, I don't, I don't think they would do a second one. You know what? If they could just get online and tell me like what happens after that. Yeah. Movie, I'd be fine with that. Just like a little. I do think, well, I would say I do think that there is like material like for a sequel. Like they could do a sequel. Like it's like they, you know, move on and start building the town back up. Cause you know, there's always going to be like evil corporations and shenanigans to be had. Maybe they'll just wait 30 years. Like Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Come in 30 years with another one. <laughs> yeah. As far as stop motion sequels go, we've had two Shaun the Sheep movies. I can't really think of anything else. Pretty much. Is Wallace and Gromit? Stop motion. Have there have there been multiple full length? There was the Curse of the Were Rabbit, which is feature I think length. So. I feel like was there was a lot of Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, there were a lot of was like, he, they had an era. There were several short films. Oh. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think there was only one feature length Wallace and Gromit, uh, the Curse of the Were Rabbit. Um, there there probably will be more. Um yeah the um yeah they had a, a matter of loaf and death while yeah, the, the production schedule for um wendell and wild was extended due to COVID. it yeah took, um was it, they say nine it months like three, to a year well no, three and a half it. yeah it took three and a half years but that was longer than planned because so it of was COVID. like a yeah yeah and and the shooting and the fires like they went through a lot of trauma trying to make this movie about yeah for trauma. sure <laughs> i'm like maybe you guys should do it somewhere else <laughs> uh, do it somewhere else next time it's done in portland where i think 
like the same facilities, the Leica films. Leica wasn't yeah. associated with this. It was Monkey Paw and Netflix that were responsible for like releasing it. But you know, a lot of the same talent from Leica films uh, doing this. Um, Leica kind of the only reason they're able to continue to exist as a company really is because like the owner of Nike is an mm-hmm. investor. So uh, if if it were simply based on their box office returns for movies like Kubo and the Two Strings and Missing Link, like they wouldn't, uh, unfortunately, they, they wouldn't have really stuck around. But uh, thank goodness there are people keeping this uh, medium alive, this uh, this art style. Uh, Henry Selick, he, he's turning 70 this month, so hopefully he's got a bit of time uh, and... and uh, you know, maybe we'll see uh, a Shadow King feature completed someday. Well, I know like when they ended up scrapping that project, like it made him almost want to quit altogether oh. movies. And um, yeah, I it's... wonder if they will. Br- is there talk to bring it back? I don't know, but it is so laborious. So it, it makes sense that like, yeah, sometimes these animators they they don't um you know they sometimes retire somewhat early in their lives i mean it's hard to say there there were the famous disney animators ron and john uh, ron um musker on clement am i getting that right john musker ron clements they directed aladdin little mermaid great mouse mm-hmm. detective princess and the frog uh, Treasure Planet, um, and, and I think they are fully retired now. But one of them, I think, recently just like came out of retirement to consult on some Disney film. So, like, you know, and and that's traditional animation. So, um, it's it's not quite as probably specific and intense <laughs> as uh, working in in stop motion. Um, so it's just it's such a weird. Uh, industry the the stop motion thing because it's so niche and intense uh schedule wise and like the fact that you're just moving these puppets um one frame at a time i just i feel like i would lose my mind if i tried to do it like watching them do it in the credits i was like that's really cool but that has to take so long i mean just doing like traditional animation is like how many actual shots like it's like, oh, it's like 30 drawings for like a second. And I'm like, that's insane that I mm. kudos to them because I don't know that I'd be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, well, they also did Hercules. So maybe they'll have at least some degree of input on the new. Um, this is the Russo brothers that are doing the new Hercules movie. Is it going to um, be live action? Live yeah, a- yeah. Um, I want so. to give me give me some animated stuff, Disney. I don't want any more live action. <laughs> we got uh, we got Strange World coming up. We got Elemental coming from Pixar next year. A wish, uh, wish is coming out next wish. year. Wish. Uh-huh. I'm, oh, that's, I'm excited for that one. We've got some fun stuff. I I I um I gotta do a Frozen. I haven't seen either Frozen film in in way too long. I'm not much of a film rewatcher personally. I don't know about you guys. Like if I'm I want to, I'm not a. 
I'm not a movie watcher, period. Yeah. But I am a rewatcher, like, of, like, shows, definitely. And, like, I will rewatch movies sometimes, like, um, when I when I do want to watch a movie, it'll be something that I've already seen before. Um, But, like, sitting down mm. and watching a movie, like, a new movie, like, mm-mm, I usually won't do it unless, like, it's my yeah. homework. Um yeah i mean all my like stuff that i just have as background noise it's either like podcasts or youtube videos or sirius xm spa channel <laughs> it's like uh so yeah putting just putting on a series i know a lot of people do that they'll just turn on you know the office friends seinfeld you know mm-hmm. and just have in the background the good place. Just, i don't have yeah well I, sh- I should have the good place because you know I'm one of the stars. Philip Elke, <laughs> Philip Elke, the star of The Good Place. Um, <laughs> of our previous episode. I don't know. I no, was going to maybe thing. refer back, you know, my last point, like that the whole thesis of The Good Place has to do with the ethics of like our modern era and how we're so like interdependent on, uh, you know, the economics of um like almost exploitation you could say capitalism um <laughs> and and so nobody has gone to the good place since the advent of global capitalism <laughs> um because of like all the, the ways the point the way the point system is set up that like all the little ways uh you know we, we buy a coffee at starbucks and and just the fact that like all the materials they came from like this whole wasteful process of um sourcing and uh and uh manufacturing you know a lot of people get you know involved along the way who maybe aren't necessarily treated in the best way and so like by the time uh it, it gets down all you know trickles down to the the customer it's like we're all participating in this grand evil ski <laughs> it's like yeah it's, it's very crazy but it's it makes sense i i'm not quite so cynical about like I mean, hopefully we can figure things out to where like people across the world can coexist equitably and we can maintain a certain standard of living and not be relegated into like massive warehouses or THX 1138 <laughs> style like <laughs> concentration camps or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see, you know, the the Orwellian type crap um uh, i i just you know the fact that yeah my i kind of sci-fi is you know one of my preferred um you know genres you know i think about these things and we've just had like a an arc on andor the new star wars series set in a prison that's very uh orwellian um but uh yeah like um i i i'm much more of of the strain of like we just kind of got to rethink how we think about like the, the um you know the judgment <laughs> like yeah, uh, yeah well that's like they like buy an apple and they're like oh buying an apple that's good and they're like no 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 no, no. that's actually negative points <laughs> it's it's the point system that's the problem see that's yeah isn't that what they decide in the good place like we just mm-hmm. gotta you know, it's like we we need that divine that substitutionary atonement, shall yeah, you say? Yeah, they like give them the <laughs> they give them the ability to eventually get to the good place. Um, yeah, which I thought was interesting. I think it's so funny that when they get up there and they're like, "All right, it's all yours," and they leave it, they leave it for them, and they're like, "We can't do it." Bye. 
<laughs> yeah, I and I guess like even in the actual good place, things aren't so great because it's like these people are in ecstasy. They're too good. Ec yeah, yeah it's, it's a crisis at all times. It's like they can't feel anything because they're constantly, uh, <laughs> you know, they uh, here's a somewhat PG word, but orgasming all, all the time in the good place. Yeah, it's they like, were like, oh. how? They're like, what if we have what if two unicorns every day? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like they like couldn't make any decisions anymore and they're like all right yeah we're, we're done we, we have to leave <laughs> wild stuff Ugh, wendell and wild take a yeah, shot wild. <laughs> really say that as much as we thought yeah we what a wild time <laughs> you guys are just gonna get uh take a lot of shots right at the end so you you heard it all and then you get to get drunk at the end uh <laughs> your uh your rust belt brewery uh premium lager uh i'm gonna go out and buy me a case <laughs> uh let's see yeah any any other things uh before we sign off um if not uh feel free to give out your social media handles uh, whoever wants oh, well, to go huh, first I, oh well i wanted to the talk I've, about so you showed yeah, us yeah, the yeah. sandman the clip the sandman from 1991 and um uh, nightmare fuel that was um, nightmare fuel so if you guys want to look it up, it's the Sandman 1991 on YouTube. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that was like the little stop motion freaky thing. I, I just kind of randomly it was a recommended <laughs> video served up while I was looking up clips of Wendell and Wild on YouTube. Um, and it, it it's from, I think, 1991. Mm -hmm. so it was sort of contemporaneous with the Nightmare Before Christmas. Very similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't really know any of the creative team behind the Sandman. I think it, they're European or something. There's no dialogue. Yes. Or, yeah. or there's a little dialogue. No, there. I don't. There wasn't any dialogue. Um, because but I did look it up. I don't. I don't think I. I saved the name of the person who made it. It was Paul something. It is based um, on a folk tale. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's based kind of on yeah. the short story from like 1816 of the Sandman, which was written by E.T.A. Hoffman. Who was a German romantic author? Okay, um, and he was like a big pioneer within the Gothic horror and fantasy literature and all that stuff. Because um, he also wrote the novella *The Nutcracker and the Mouse King*, Wait. that they made the Nutcracker ballet on. Sure. About. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The, oh, the but, music! Yeah, the soundtrack yeah. to this short film is like nine minutes long. Uh, it's mm -hmm. incredible. That was the first thing I noticed. I love the sound design of this thing. And like every time he walked, every time the Sandman walked, a chord was strung. And I was like, ah, interesting. Um, yeah. But I liked it. Well, because apparently back in the day, the tale of the Sandman, he was like a boogeyman. Hmm. He wasn't this like nice, pleasant person who puts you to sleep. He was like sinister, <laughs> yeah. which uh, you see at the end when the, the kid, it, the, the ending gave me Coraline vibes real bad. I think it's because yeah. like the buttons and the whole, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I was like, that was an interesting ending. I thought the kid was going to, you know, make it out alive. I mean, I guess they were alive. Um. <laughs> I yeah, I was not expecting that. And yeah, the Sandman didn't seem outwardly malicious, but um, he, he is kind of just like an elemental creature, almost animalistic. Um, and I love the design where his nose and chin form the you know crescent points on i guess that they, they resemble like a crescent moon but yeah. uh some, sometimes yeah <laughs> uh, it's not like um mac tonight the 
90s McDonald's mascot where <laughs> uh, played by uh, Doug Jones of all people um you know the actor who did um in Hocus Pocus he was uh what was the zombie's name help me out um Billy Billy um Billy. but like the the top of the crescent is his forehead and then the the bottom is the chin with mm-hmm. with uh with the sandman in this short film it's the nose that's the top of the crescent and the chin's the the bottom so when i read that they like they intentionally made sure there were no right angles i was like is that why there it's like so creepy because there's no there's no like right angles in this thing (laughs) um oh so the guy i looked it up the person who did it was paul barry he actually worked on nightmare before christmas james and the giant peach and monkey bone there you go so i was but yeah because i mean that was like right before like nightmare before christmas and all that yeah so. yeah cool. oh, and it won an award it won the craft prize for best animation at the ottawa international animation festival yeah makes sense that you'd see more uh, you know short films done in that style than i mean obviously like it, it is yeah. uh, so time consuming <laughs> that um i but considering just i i haven't seen probably nearly enough uh of you know any short material that might be um made using this process but um that's a good place to start the sandman from paul barry and was it 90 91 1991 all right well cool um all right nightmare fuel over <laughs> i'm guessing and uh are how uh are y'all ready to uh to move on with y'all's november yeah it's 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 about time for a uh, christmas season i've already started christmas season uh so i do want to uh i don't think we've covered um ring in the season uh frozen olaf's frozen adventure i don't think we've done an episode specifically for that so um, we gotta talk about that i love the songs from that um as much as like obviously the music you know the lopez's you know the, the songs they write for frozen are incredible but um these uh, are are frozen music <laughs> yeah we 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 know the frozen music well yeah yeah <laughs> and these these ones are like christmas themed and they're done yeah. by different different composers but um i i like them every bit as much um as the the lopez uh tracks from from the feature films you saw yeah. they're getting sued right lopez's yeah, like Lopez uh, and Disney, they're getting sued for Some Things Never Change by the guy who wrote That Girl in 2001, which I thought was it. I listened to it. I listened to them like together and I was like, it's a, it's a stretch for me. Um, I don't, I'd have to me. listen yeah. to that. Uh, yeah, I you'll don't... have to listen to it later because I had to go look it up because I was like, what song is this? And because he, he yeah. no, I know, I know the frozen one. I was well, his. <laughs> I, I, I always thought that song sounded a bit like, I don't know, something, something out of like Tommy by the who it, it has sort of the same chord progression as like some of those classic, um, yeah. you know, you know, four chord, you know, axis of awesome, like the four chord rock songs. Well, yeah. You know. And that's like that song, like his song is kind of like a early two thousands, like 
I don't know, like it kind of reminds me of like Dave Matthews band type stuff. And so like the chords, I was like, yeah, the chords at the beginning are kind of similar, but like, I've heard plenty of songs that sound like that mm-hmm. with those same chords. Like yeah. there's only so many chords you can play. Uh, exactly. So I was like, eh, I think it's a stretch. Um, Cause he said that he went to the movie theater and his 11 year old was like, dad, they Disney stole your song. And I was like, it's not that similar. That child didn't Jeez. say that. Either. That's what I said. I was like, um, coming from someone with children, that kid did not say that. Uh, I want to pick things that didn't happen for 200 Alex because uh, that didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. So I thought totally. I thought that was interesting, but I, I have a feeling it'll it'll go away quietly more than likely. So. All right. Fun. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Bridget, I know you, you've got some show, social oh, yeah, media. Yeah. Do you want to share? Sure. Um, it's Bridget5246. That's Bridge with a T5246 on Instagram. And you can stalk Alex through mine if you want to find her. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Bridget. Thanks so much, Alex. And uh, yeah, this was this was 111 of wow. the podcast. Yeah. But the devil's... Uh, try the the the, uh, the pitchfork we should have <laughs> um, recorded tomorrow on 11 11 oh, oh look what we did it's because it's your 10 year anniversary tomorrow so we couldn't yeah uh, well it's it's every uh, today is every bit as much appropriate because it's uh it's one 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 zero today so yeah. i don't know uh, it work. I could we could have you could just cut this part out and we can say that we filmed it. <laughs> we we still have the three ones. Unless you're European, then you would have the one zero slash one one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well my, my husband writes dates like that. Yeah. I'm gonna blame his parents, yeah. so it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh F one race this weekend. I'm excited for that. Um Brazil. So let's uh, enjoy your your evening, you two. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this amount of time. Uh, thanks to all the Thoughtcast listeners for uh, for hanging out with us too. And uh, yeah, you all have a Wendell and Wild week. Um, <laughs> find the Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram, Thoughtcast.com, all the various streaming platforms as well. We're hosted on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, magical day, everyone listening, and warm hugs. Yeah.